I'm not gonna walk fast. Okay. Let's just give it a little test and see how it goes. Oh, there's some wind. Well, I'd like to do it with the wind with going the wind. so we can okay. see how it sounds. Okay. It's still Easter. At least that's how our story begins today. It's still Easter Sunday. And these two disciples, not the 12, but two disciples nonetheless, followers of Jesus, people that knew him well, people that he was teaching about the way, the way of Christ. They were walking from Jerusalem to this town called Emmaus, and they were crestfallen. They were sad. They were hurting. They said, we had hoped that this one would have been the Messiah, the Christ. But since his crucifixion on Friday and the empty tomb that was discovered by the women today with no real clarity for what this means, they were going home. They were just going home to Emmaus. And while they were walking, this man showed up and was walking with them. Now it was Jesus and we know it was Jesus. The passage tells us it was Jesus, but they didn't recognize him. Why? Well, he was new. He's the first fruits of a new humanity. He's a new creation. He's the resurrected Christ. They'd not seen that before. And so they didn't, they didn't recognize him. And it says that he began to teach them all of the things about the Christ and why it had to take place the way it did. I imagine he talked about Genesis chapter one, when God said, let there be light. And the light was the idea, the vision, the dream, and the mind of God for the creation, that all things would come into being through that vision, through that dream. And he is that Christ. He is that Logos, that word, that Sophia, that wisdom that brought all things into being. And I'm sure he told them about the, the Abrahamic covenant, that God made a covenant with Abraham and Sarah to say, you're gonna be the parents of a great nation. You will have land to live on and all the families, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. I'm sure he told them about Exodus and how uh, God liberated the people, the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt, that God is a liberating God. God wants to set human beings free to be everything that God created them to be. That's God's justice, that everyone knows life, that life thrives, all of life thrives. I'm sure he told them about some of the prophets, maybe Micah 6, 8, where he said, God doesn't desire burnt offerings. God doesn't desire songs in some religious place. What God desires is that we do justice we love kindness and we walk humbly with our God and I'm sure he told them about Isaiah 25 where it's even on the altar in our worship center these words that that on this holy mountain the Lord of hosts will prepare a feast of rich foods well-aged wines for all people tears will be wiped from every face death will be swallowed up the shroud that is cast over all peoples will be destroyed and they will look up and say, this is our God, the one for whom we have waited. I'm sure what he was explaining to them is that, that God did not create human beings to be religious. God created human beings to, to live in oneness with God, to live in oneness with each other, to live in oneness with all of the creation. Well, 
they kept walking and it was a long walk and it was late in the day. And by the way, I didn't tell you that these two disciples, we only learned that one of them was named Cleopas. That was the man. We think that the other one was a woman, probably Cleopas's wife. Did you ever think that the women were also disciples of Jesus? We don't talk about that all the time, but that's apparently the way this text is pointing to, to this. So this husband and wife, they get to Emmaus and they get to their house and they invite Jesus in to stay with them. And it's the end of the day. And so what they do, they had a meal and they got to the table and you know, Jesus sat with them and they got out all of their, their food and, and everything was set and prepared. You know, when you have a guest at your house, you, you put out the very finest of everything. And so what it tells us is that when they got to the table, Jesus took the bread, they gave thanks, and he broke it. And it was in the breaking of the bread that they recognized him. Remember that Isaiah passage? On this holy mountain, the Lord of hosts will prepare a feast, a feast. The reign of God is a feast. The way that, that God describes what it means to live in oneness with God, with humanity, and with creation is through a feast. A feast where everyone is welcome. A feast where no one is left out. A feast where all are fed. You see, that's the vision, that's the dream, that's the light, that's the word, that's the wisdom on day one of the creation when God envisioned all of these things. God envisioned all of this, the trees, the mountains, the skies, and the people living in oneness where no one is excluded and everyone has a chance at life. You know, I'm wearing my HTF shirt today, Haitian Timun Foundation. I'm well in my home. My kids are with me and, and my wife, Carrie. We have food. We even have toilet paper. We have everything we need. But I think about my brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters in Haiti. And I'm getting text messages and emails every day from people telling me we're hurting, we're hungry, we have no food. Last week, we at Abiding Hope, we sent $5,000 the Haitian Timun Foundation. We've been struggling with income ourselves. We have been working to, to make things work financially. But how can we take care of ourselves when we're actually fine knowing that there are people starving around the world? I challenge you to go to htflive, L-I-V-E dot org. $80, $80 will feed one family for two months. This week, our friend Maya, Lukner Fond Rose, is in a town called Jacmel in the southern part of Haiti, distributing food to families, distributing food to the poor who are locked in their homes because of COVID, the same way we are. Haiti's in lockdown the same way the United States is. They don't have the resources that we have. They don't have stimulus packages like we have. They don't have social services that are checking on the elderly, checking on the sick, checking on those who need care. You see this, this feast, this breaking of bread, this is more than a symbol. This is actually how we're called to live, 
to share all that we have, to share who we are, to share our blessings and our resources so that all people can be blessed. Remember the Abrahamic covenant? You will be the parents of a great nation. Your family will have land to live on and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. We are that covenant. We are those covenant people today. When God raised Jesus from the dead, God birthed a feast. Now we say, well, it's not here in its fullness. Sure, that's true. But you know what? It can be here in our lives. We can choose to live generously. We can choose to live as servants. We can choose to live welcoming. And when we do that, we see Christ. Remember, their eyes were opened in the breaking of the bread. When he broke the bread, they could see his identity. I'm seeing Christ every day when I see images of doctors and nurses with masks on caring for the sick. I see Christ every day when I go for walks and people smile and wave and ask me how I'm doing. I see Christ every day when, when we understand that, that family promise, for instance. We sent money a few weeks ago to care for the family promise families. These are homeless families in our community who have nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. And they're staying at a hotel right now because it's not safe to move them from church to church as, as normal. But we sent money so that they could have a week's stay in a hotel and have food and good food. I see Christ in that. Where's Christ showing up in your life? Where is the feast happening in and with and around you? And who are you sharing that story with? You know, after uh, the, the, those two disciples experienced Christ, he disappeared. And they got up and they ran back to Jerusalem, all the way back. They found the disciples. And by that point, Peter had also seen the risen Jesus. And he was telling about that. And those two disciples were sharing their story. Imagine the joy and excitement and celebration of sharing those Christ encounters with each other. Who are you sharing Christ with? Who are you telling your stories to? How is the risen Christ coming through you so that all the families of the earth might be blessed? This is a really holy time. I keep saying this could be the worst thing that's ever happened to us, or, or it could be the best uh, time in the history of the church. And I'm seeing so much new life being birthed. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for serving others, the, your neighbors, your family, people around you. But thank you for the feast, for participating in God's feast of oneness, of love, of peace, of hope so that all may experience real life. God loves you, and I do too. Amen. Cool. Might work. We didn't get much wind. We had one place. We had one, one guts.